You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Here comes Nebby. Nebby's with us one last time, at least for today. Um, before I get into probably my last of, well, not the last of serious messages, but this is a, going to be a serious one as well, a joke. And I knew it would be about Ray running as soon as I saw him come in here this morning. <clears throat> Anybody doesn't know Ray, 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 wave your hands. He's the only guy I can run faster than in the place. Um, well, Ray is in his ninth, ninth decade, and uh, some might consider that old, but yesterday he told me a story that he was at McDonald's. He was going through the drive through line when the lady, young lady behind him began leaning on her horn and shouting some nasty words at Ray for taking too long for placing his order. And you could understand Ray takes a bit of time. When Ray got to the first window, he not only paid for his order, but he paid for the woman's behind his as well. When she arrived, the cashier told her that what he had, what he had done, and she leaned out a window and waved to him, mouthing, thank you, thank you, thank you, probably feeling embarrassed that he had repaid her rudeness with kindness. Then when Ray got up to the pickup window, he showed the server both receipts and took her food as well. <laughs> now she would have to get back in line and start all over. The, the moral of the story, don't blow your horn at old people. <laughs> they, have, they, they may look old, but they have been around a long time and know how to get even, I'm telling you. So you've got to be careful that Ray. Anyways. This week, in many ways, several ways, I was reminded... Um, of how loosely we should be holding on to things of this world and how tightly we need to be fixing our eyes and holding on to Jesus. So the theme for this past month, or last, this is the fourth week of five weeks, this, this fourth week, living with the end in mind is not something that we should be ignoring. You shouldn't ignore this. Whether it's at the return of the Lord, it's seen in Isaiah, there's scriptures all through the Old and New Testament when Isaiah says this, for behold, the Lord will come in fire in his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger and fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. There'll be a moment of return when Jesus will come and he'll take his church out of the situation, but there's going to be some challenge for those that are left behind. Or he could come and you may, he may take you back. Or in the way that Stephen, the man of God in the book of Acts, dealt with the stones falling upon him, being beaten to death with stones as they stoned him to death, when he says, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. There's going to be a time when we will all meet our maker, one way or another. So how, or what should your testimony look like while we wait, while you consider when you make, meet the Lord in the air or in person? I'd like to attempt to reflect the Apostle Paul's words. Scripture has a way of defining things for us and pointing us in directions that are clear, and Paul points the words to the, in, right from his jail to the Philippians, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. 
Is, is your life bringing honor to Christ? He goes on to say, will it bring honor? Whether I live or die, will it bring honor? For to me, he goes on to say in verse 21, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. What? That Paul? So, he goes, so I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which be, would be better by far, or to stay with you. I, I, the, the, the testimony of Paul there is quite incredible. He's modeling what it means to live with the end in mind. Now each morning, I recognize this as you do, or at least you ought to, each morning that you awake, there are dangers awaiting outside your door that can easily change your life each day that you arise. Yet for those in Jesus, you need not live in fear. We don't live with that fear. You can live in hope. You can walk and move in peace. Wherever you go, when you walk, when you drive, when you go to work, when you are laughing, when you're crying, when you're loving, understanding that at any moment you can enter into the place that Jesus prepared for you in heaven. That's a wonderful strength that you and I have when you're fully committed to the, the word of God and the cause of Christ and you understand that he's your personal Lord and Savior. There's no worry in that. It's an absolute truth for us in Jesus that he's gone to prepare a place. I introduced through week one with my narrative in heaven a picture that might be weak, it may not be, it, heaven's beyond imagination, so it's just a picture. If you go back a number of weeks, you can find it online. Week two, with the help of Nebi and the dream of Nebi, I call him Nebi. Carlos creation for us, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar statue that he had, and we see the reality in the statue of kingdom rising against kingdom. It's a picture of world history that Jesus, that God gives to Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel interprets and that we now read about. It's a picture of kingdom versus kingdom, nation versus nation. It's prophecy from the New Testament seen in the Old Testament. I also touched upon the global catastrophes in the days of unprecedented ecological disasters that, are, uh, are, uh, that we're living in, weather extremes from the devastating wildfires to oppressive heat, the Bible says then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear to fire. We have, we're no strangers to the numbers of hurricane, earthquakes, and flooding. I said that last week and this week, it's gone on in Libya, over 20,000 people. 20,000 have died in the worst flooding that Libya's ever seen that they're unprepared for. Dams breaking, all kinds of things happening. Jesus said in Luke 21, in the last days there will be great earthquakes, famines and plagues in various places and there will be fearful, ev- fearful events and awful signs from heaven. <clears throat> you know, just what might be an awful sign from heaven? Well, I don't know if you follow the news at all. Some of you know. Some of you do. About the recent revelation to the Mexican Congress of alien creatures that have been in, they, they've had 
for many years now. And there's pictures of them. True or not true. Who knows. But weird things. Never mind all the UFOs in the skies. Balloons and weather balloons and all kinds of stuff. Weird stuff from the heavenlies. And you might just dismiss. I, I don't know. But it's, nevertheless it's in our mind's eye all the time. Week three, living with the end of mind, was dealing with the Nebuchadnezzar's dream and bringing attention to the fact that throughout recorded history, there have been the rise and fall of many empires. We've mentioned that. So you might say to yourself, what in the world is going on? What's happening? What, 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 I, I'm having a challenge here. What's, what's at the bottom of this? Well, I'll suggest to you, your adversary Satan's at the bottom of this. Now, without a theology that deals with Satan and darkness, heaven and hell, you're going to not comprehend what's going on. Your your adversary Satan has a vicious, and Lucifer, who was cast out of heaven, has a vicious and unsatiable determination to establish his reign on earth. A one world empire on earth under the direction of one man totally under his control. We'll see that a little bit later with the introduction of the Antichrist and the beast. At some point in time, that's what the Bible talks about. But it's never, <clears throat> it just doesn't start with that. He's always won an empire worshiping shiny idols. He wants man to look for idols. Shiny idols. You put the connection to today's world. Serving the God of mammon. God of money. Bowing to different gods of our own origin, sports gods, music gods, political heroes. He wants all that without the slightest trace of the presence of God. And if you, you think, is that even possible? Well, Satan himself attempts, if you can imagine this, Satan attempts to get Satan or Jesus to bow to the worldly cravings of his flesh because Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, and and it says in the Bible, in Matthew, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Satan could not have done that if he did not have control over them. All this I will give you, he says to Jesus, if you will bow down and worship me. Satan's looking for worship, any level, anything he can get. From the rise of the mighty Nimrod in Genesis chapter 11, we touched upon that in the early days, to the Babylonian empire of Nebuchadnezzar, the clues are everywhere from the prophetic dream of Daniel chapter 2, outlining the historic empires of Persia. Well, his starting with the gold, I'm going to mention this several times, I want you to fix it, the gold uh, empire of Nebuchadnezzar, the, the silver and uh, uh, chest and arms of Cyrus the Great, Persian the Greek Empire of Alexander the Great, the bronze and the powerful dynasty of the Roman Empire ruled through the centuries by the Caesars. Centuries. This is not just a... And there's other empires, of course, over the course of the years, there's, but none encompassed as much of the land as these did. Satan, the father of lies, has sought to control and seize God's earth ever since the start of time. He's always wanted to create bedlam and chaos and war and anger and hatred and bitterness and murder. That's what these, you know, we'll, we'll kind of center in on the good things or oh, the education, but these empires were built on, on death and destruction. In the past hundred years, <clears throat> in the past hundred years alone, there's been more brutality 
than all of the world put together because sheer number of people living in it. Adolf Hitler's Germany, supposedly, these are just 21 million people dead, not counting combatants, not counting military. These are 21 million murdered. Mao Zedong, People's Republic of China, over 20 million killed. Joseph Stalin, Russia, over 9 million. Paul Pot from Cambodia, more than 2 million. Idi Amin from Africa, over half a million. Saddam Hussein, over 200,000. Bashar al-Assad from Syria, over 300,000. And these numbers are not including the deaths of the soldiers, people that are fighting in the wars. Since the fall of mankind this, and sin entering the world, it's been Satan desiring to destroy and to control by principalities and powers of the air. The Bible talks about that. These are just, we're living in this visible world, but there's this invisible that he wants to control. And however, out in order, however, in order to control all of God's creation, he must rid himself of one thing hindering its takeover, complete takeover, the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ stands in the gap. And all those who are worshiping the living God, we stand in the gap. I'm not a prophet of old. But if you were to take the numbers alone, of the numbers I just mentioned, of all those men, dictators, cruel, evil, demonic human beings, and you added up the murders in the past hundred years, it would make it the worst hundred years that mankind has ever been part of. The worst by far. It's another reason I interpret that the mixed iron and clay feet of Daniel's interpretation in the last empire led by the beast or antichrist is at our doorstep because things are, change, things are beyond just what was the past. The sheer number of people, the eight billion, never in the course of human history has eight billion people. The sheer number of people being destroyed by evil far outweighs anything that any of these kingdoms have ever done. Any of the flood ever destroyed. Far beyond that. The iron and clay empire is the only empire remaining to be revealed before the rock in Daniel's dream returns to crush everything Satan, iron and man, clay, dust of the earth has established on earth. So, living with the end in mind, this is arguably my last message regarding Daniel, at least for this time. I'm gonna be speaking about, I mentioned this couple of weeks ago, my narrative on hell next week. It's just, it's sickening. And by the way, I'm asking that no children under the age of grade seven be here. The Bible is very poignant. And maybe if we understood and heard a little bit more of the terror of hell, we wouldn't dabble with sin on earth as much. So I simply want to touch today on point form a few of the other Bible prophecies and prophetic clues in Scripture pointing toward living with the end of mind that you and I can't afford to ignore. There's so many of them. It, 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 in 20 minutes, how do you even get close? There may be many who would disagree regarding Christ's imminent return. Immacy means it could happen any time. And there's, oh, well, it might, Jay, that's not likely. It's, 
But that too is a scripture that's prophesied about in the last days. Did you know that? Second Peter tells us of those scoffers, people scoffing at the coming of Christ. Where he says, where is all the promises of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Things are not continuing the same. It's no longer this. It may have been for centuries. It may have been for millennia. It is no longer that case with the advent of AI and some of the things and transport. We mentioned some of the incredible globalizations and things that are rising up around the globe. It's not the same. Weapons of mass destruction, never before. We are living in a different era altogether than most anyone has ever lived in. And just like the days of Noah, so it will be the coming of man the craziness of people and what they're thinking out there. And there's clues. The clues are mounting. Nebuchadnezzar's dream is revealed to his children at that time what is to come. And the clues are just mounting and mounting and mounting. And so you need to be aware of biblical prophecy. You need to be a student of the word of God. This is not a time to be lazy, to, to be lukewarm and just whatever case of rah, rah. It is not that day. So let me give you a few of the prophecies and I'm going to use terminology that maybe you know, know of and I'm going to connect them with God's word the woke culture prophecy clue Matthew chapter 24 an increase in wickedness from Isaiah woe to those who call evil good and good evil written thousands of years ago Man's perversions grow with the perilous lust for pleasure and power. It's increasing. Men becoming consumers, men and women becoming consumers of every vile sin. It doesn't matter what's out there, just let's. In recent years, I'll suggest a deeper sickness still seen in mankind continues to grow. The striking down of the biblical definition of marriage, the legalizing same-sex marriage, the rise of gender confusion, the inability to determine man from woman, the instant access, instant access to pornography. I, I was working at my desk last night and I just put the word porn into the Google search engine and 6,750,000,000 results just for the word porn in less than a second listed. The world drug addiction. So who is responsible for the current opioid crisis that ranks as one of the world's worst health catastrophes of our day? Opioids. We, many of us are dealing with those that are facing it began when Oxycontin in the, in the 1990s was promoted by Purdue Pharma. They were approved, Purdue Pharma was approved by the Food and Drug Administration to produce this Oxycontin. Purdue Pharma was later, and this is documented, proved to have presented fraudulent descriptions of Oxycontin's power. And it was all revolving around the motives for profit. Now we're dealing with a worldwide epidemic those that think nothing is impossible and nothing should be denied, just get whatever you want. Lawlessness of the proud and the arrogant, the rise of the narcissist. When did we ever hear that 20 years ago? Proverbs 17, 15, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent. The Lord hates them both. 
the globalization prophecy I mentioned last week a little bit. All the world marveled and followed the beast, the Antichrist. The Apostle John reveals that for a short period of time, the world will be united by a pretender of peace. At some point in time, the clay and iron empire, a brilliant lover of mankind, he'll portray himself and so offering solutions to the world, world's problems. But about three and a half years into the reign, he'll be revealed as a vile demonic man with just evil and hatred in him. We'll understand that. But you can understand how the world will go after him if he's promising peace and food supplies and gas for everybody, economic strength and socialism socialism is on the rise. The biological plague prophecy of the last days. There will be pestilence and plagues in various places. Hmm, Let me think about that one. COVID conspiracy or actual contagion? Does not matter which one it is. It served Satan's plan masterfully, producing disunity and animosity across the world, across the church, across families. Satan got what he wanted. Disunity, hatred, anger, bitterness, resentment between Christians, between It doesn't matter which one is true. The prophecy becomes real. Just We don't understand what's at work here. We're ignoring some of these things. The economic crisis prophecy. Clue there. From Revelations. No one will buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast. Can you imagine what you would do if you could not get gas for your car? Could not get go into the grocery store and buy food for your children? It's cold out and you can't get heat into your home? What would you give up for those things? Economic crisis. Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wage. Revelation 6.6. 6. Hyperinflation, lack of food, inability to purchase. You better, I, I'm just warning you, you better stock up in toilet paper before it's too late. I'm just saying. I, I just don't, don't want, want you. Oh, wait a second. We did that, didn't we? And we laugh now. But the lines were long. The broken church prophecy. First Timothy, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon their faith. Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Fake teachers, fake prophets, fake pastors. Can you tell the difference? Do you understand and will you be able to discern? They're out there currently. Who do you know? Who is the one that you, who are you putting your trust in? The political corruption prophecy. Then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Fake resumes, people writing their own resumes. No, no, fake news stories, fake photos can be made now. It's not even you and the photograph. Fake diplomas, possible. Yet so many still believe that just let's just get the right government and it'll be fine. It's not true. Jesus is the only right government. Doesn't mean we're against it. Just be aware. 
These are but a few of the prophetic clues of the last day's events. And each one of them, I, it, it would, it's so hard to hone these down because there's a myriad of information and, and examples that you could give. Dozens. Hacks and hackers all making up the iron clay kingdom of the last days. Much more could be said regarding the geographical prophecy of Israel in the last days. Or the peace treaty prophecy. Over a thousand peace treaties are now at work in the world right now. A thousand. Do you see much peace around? Maybe some of you are aware of the rise of the BRICS nations. BRICS is an acrostic meaning. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. A new opposing NATO nations. There was wars and rumors of wars and kingdoms rising and falling. The lukewarm church prophecy. More Bibles printed, more versions written, more software development, more programs released, yet authentic followers of Christ are statistically speaking in the church of North America in decline. We have more information, more knowledge, and yet, according to Gallup, the church is in decline in North America. Maybe only in North America. 1937, 73%, according to Gallup, belonged to a church affiliation. 2020, 50% belonged to the church. Jesus doesn't have to persecute the church in North America. That would wreck everything. We would really, he just has to let us keep going the way it is. Distracted, going lovers of pleasure, lovers of But here's an important note, and, and I mean this sincerely, and I, like, in some ways, I'm being harder than I've ever been, and it may show up, but only God knows the heart. I can't know the heart of someone else. So when I meet anybody, it's with grace and kindness and love and mercy. And even if they're foul and vile, I will treat them with that. And by the way, God will never real and reveal another man's or woman's heart to you. you don't, he says you, can, you don't even know your own heart. You don't even know the motives of your own heart. So I'm not here to tell you that we're out now looking to condemn and judge everybody that's not living like us. We're out to love and accept and forgive them. But it is no small question that I give to you. Are you living with the end in mind? Don't ignore the clues. Let me finish back to the book of Daniel, the young man who interpreted the dream. He was a young man of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And what happened when the iron and clay feet began to crumble by the weight of sin and the introduction of the final kingdom to be established and seen in the prophecy? And remember, I said this last week. It's an important mantra to get in your heart and know and firmly establish there. You're not waiting around for something bad to happen. You're waiting for someone good to come. It's a big deal when you firmly believe that. So let me just review it one last time for you because I might not do it next week. The gold kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar was told to Daniel. That's what it was. Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon is the golden kingdom. The Medes and the Persians, Cyrus, the great, silver, arms and chest. Alexander's kingdom conquered the entire known world at the time, representing the bronze. The iron legs, Rome, and the clay and feet, or clay and iron feet, the mixed kingdom of the Antichrist. 
But there is one other kingdom that is mentioned in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The last empire or kingdom that shall not have any end to it. It also was mentioned 2,500 years ago. Verse 44, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. All of the kingdoms of earth will be crushed, but it itself will endure forever. You see, there's coming, and even in the dream, there comes a stone to crush them all. A stone that establishes God's kingdom forever. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me read from Daniel chapter 2. While you are watching, and by the way, uh, Daniel interprets, not only interprets the dream, he tells the king what his dream was. That was part of the condition, the sorcerers and all the princes and all the guys, they, could, they had to tell. So, while you were watching, king, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. Kind of reminds me of the Ten Commandments that moment. It, just, it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. The iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. All of the nations ever devised by man throughout the course of history crushed into dust. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the entire earth. Jesus, the rock of ages will establish his kingdom. Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus is our cornerstone. God is a kingdom, God's kingdom is a kingdom of stone that destroys all other kingdoms. Everything, every empire will meet its, be made into dust. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken. If you give your heart to, you fall on the stone, it will be broken. But a warning, but whoever it falls, it will grind him into powder. Better for you to fall willingly into the hands of God than have God's hands fall into your life. The stone was cut by no human hands. It was not, it was made by God. The kingdom was not made by man or ruled by man, this last kingdom. The stone in Nebuchadnezzar's dream broke the colossal statue into pieces. Now, I I was thinking, should I break the statue into pieces? No, Carlo put too much work into that. And they were carried away until the wind with no trace was found. The stone, that small little stone thrown by the Lord, a small stone, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Revelations, the last kingdom. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. The small stone broke all the earthly kingdoms to pieces. You see, This is the end you must fix your mind on. This is the end you must live with. God will eventually establish his kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Though it starts small, it may even start as small as a seed in the heart of a child. It can grow into a great mountain of faith. You need to nurture it. Don't fall asleep during this time, church. Don't just set aside the Bible prophecies as if they're not important. Don't ignore the clues God has given through his word. I'm suggesting at some level that you live with the end in mind. For those who fall asleep, 
I'm not wanting to think about their end. Do not fall asleep during this time. And this month is not, living with the end in mind, is not meant to scare anyone. That is not my intent. But it is to prepare the church. For if these days are truly the last days, which certainly there's indication that something is going on, I just don't want to wait around. Remember the last, you're not waiting around for something bad to happen. I want to stress that. You're waiting around for someone good to come. With that, we can remind ourselves of this historical dream of Nebuchadnezzar's. I hope that it's fixed in your mind from this moment forward and that we can respond to the clues given, live well, share Jesus well, be overcomers that you were meant to be. Don't shrink back. Let's live this life all out for Jesus right now while we have chance. Amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.